I'm on the outside. I'm looking in. Because we're doing the outsiders. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan, and I finally watched The Outsiders. And this is David, and I too also, as well, finally watched The Outsiders. You know, if you didn't add that as well, I would have thought of making a uh, you're an idiot comment, but you made up for it. Exactly. That was the point. Good job. Um, so neither of us has seen The Outsiders, which... Um, which when we agreed to do this, I did not know. You didn't know that I... No, you did. You knew I haven't seen it. No, well, we agreed to do it, and then, like, right before I was going to watch it, you explained how Taylor won't let you even look at the DVD, because... <laughs> oh, yeah, she didn't want me to know who was in the movie, because so many famous people, who are not famous people when this movie was made, are in the movie. Um, and, and you know what's really funny about that is right... She's, she did her damnness to keep me, you know, not from knowing... And it's so funny, too, because I always thought the universe really, really wanted me to know because I was just like on Twitter and Instagram, not even searching for it, but like some actor in the movie's birthday came up or something like that. And it was just like, boom, right there in my Twitter feed. And I'm like looking away fast. It's like, boom, right there in my Instagram feed. I'm like adverting my eyes away. I was like, OK, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I think I think uh, Ralph Mach- um, Macchio's in it. but that's it right and then when you put in the dvd the blu-ray the 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 poster comes up like big right in the screen and i was like fuck i just saw emilio estevez (laughs) it's like okay that's it that's it and then she hit play and then we're watching it and the first fucking thing this movie shows is a lineup of every single actor in the movie and i was like well i'm definitely not going to give her the reaction of like tom cruise poking his head in and me being like whoa because now that's ruined is that the tomcat tomcat who do you think chose that opening song ray charles he was was like like, yeah put this in put this in bitch it was really it was really odd, really odd choice to me. It makes sense at the end of the movie. Given the time period? No, given the line, stay gold, stay golden. Stay golden, pony boy. Well, because this, you know the song's name is Stay Golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got it. Just like the type of song. I was like, what's, like the mood it was getting me into. I was like, this doesn't seem to fit. Are you talking about like kind of have how ethereal it was and then how kind of like raw this movie is yeah kind of yeah yeah i mean it makes a little bit more sense to have that type of song because this is supposed to take place in the 60s um i had no idea i guess it takes place in oklahoma i don't really know how you're supposed to figure that out i thought it said ames in the beginning and i was like well was he referring to the movie he just got out of or is he referring to where they live um but i mean obviously like midwest you know what i mean or yeah, mid central Midwest. Well, I mean, what do you mean? He referred to Ames when he got out of the movies because he was well, like, Ames, "I have two things on my mind: Paul Newman and a ride home." 
Yeah, he said something about Ames, which is in Iowa. Uh, I mean, there might be other Ameses. I don't know. Um, but he mentions that, and I was like, is that where they fucking are? But I think that's probably where the movie that he saw took place, is what I would guess, because this is supposed yeah. to be in Oklahoma. Yeah, okay. Um, and then we just get right into it. And uh, I, although, does it start? I think the movie actually starts with him writing, right? Yeah, the movie starts with him writing. Um, the title is The Outsiders, and he's like, I'm, I, I'm just leaving the, the black, um, of the movie theater into the light of the street and I have two things on my mind. That's how it starts. And then just these guys following him. Um, Did you f- kind of know what was happening? Or like, were you like, I, what? Yeah. Oh, I knew they were... I, I knew nothing about the movie, like the plot of it, right? Um, but you get what the plot of the movie is going to be very quickly. Um, and... Uh, and like when these guys are following him i'm like i don't know how far are they gonna take this right and then they like finally after fucking with him for so long like get out and take it very far right um which is like what i found weird and i guess unrelatable to me from this movie although i guess it's based loosely on things that the author experienced in her life um is the fact that, you know, the greasers being a gang, it made sense to me. But the fact that these rich kids also had a gang that were also like willing to like risk their bougie life is not something that made sense to me. Like normally rich people like are a little bit more risk averse in this scenario. I I guess, but if if any movies in the eighties that thought they were in the fifties or sixties has taught us that is not the case at all. Yeah, I guess. Um, this did, movie... Sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, oh, well, I was just going to say, did this um, seem a lot like a cross between Grease and Stand By Me? It definitely had Stand By, By Me vibes, which is also a movie that people adore and I do not care for. <laughs> um, this movie actually reminded me a lot of a movie that I know you have never seen, and I may have brought it up on this podcast before, and I don't know why I've talked about it before, but Deuces Wild. You have brought which, it up, um, but, but yeah, I don't. Which stars Steven Dorff, and the only good part of that movie is like one fight scene. Oh, you didn't like um, that movie either? No, it's not great. And you don't, like this, you don't like this movie? It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I got a lot of problems with it. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to. I don't really bash movies, so I'll just explain the parts that I don't like as we go through. Um, so were, were the greasers just sort of waiting, or did they just, like, fortuitously know Pony was walking by himself? Like, how did they intercept the, the Soches before they really fucking hurt Pony Boy? you know? Well, from, from what I gathered, I mean, I know your question is kind of a rhetorical one, but from what I gathered is that uh, Patrick Swayze's garage is really close by. Maybe they were all hanging out there and then they s- could see it from their eye line. I don't know. That's my only explanation. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, potentially. You know, there's another line in this I want to bring up now before I forget, because I don't know if I wrote it down, but uh, Someone was talking about, I think it was the scene where Pony Boy and the Soch guy get in their car and are talking. And they're like, 
you know, maybe we could be friends or something like that. And they're like, well, not when you're in like the big city like this, you have to go out in the country for that. And I was like, what the fuck do you guys mean? (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys mean? Big city. (laughs) I don't understand what you think where you live, but (laughs) it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think the differentiation between like them actually going to a big city like New York, uh, fucking, I don't know, man, Kansas city, the, the, the thing is, though, is that like where they live versus where they end up halfway in the movie or three quarters of the way in the movie, I can kind of understand at that point that being considered the that also brings up the whole thing. I was like, what is a bunch of elementary school kids doing in an abandoned church? It doesn't it makes no fucking sense. Like what what was this field trip? And then <laughs> let's did, go burn a church, kids. And then how did the fire start? I thought because there was this quick little thing where Johnny fell asleep with his cigarette mm-hmm. and Pony Boy's like, hey, watch out for your smokes. I thought it was going to relate to them setting the fire, like uh, Johnny lighting a cigarette, putting it down and then walking away. But it, it never implied that. And then that little bitch bit him when he's trying to save her life. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay, that's how, what got him. That's what got him killed. Well, what, what got him killed was just standing around in the fire, like, "Oh, what's going on?" I don't. I don't even. Maybe know. I should get out of the window. What? No, I'll just wait for this board to fall on me. Um, to be fair, what? the floor gave way first, so he fell down, and then the fucking ceiling fell on him. He was dancing around in there a lot. He was like practicing his Mr. Miyagi moves in the middle of the fucking burning church. He was reading the Karate Kid script. <laughs> he was like, oh, fuck. Wax this is, I got I to gotta be a better actor in the Karate Kid than this. Um, when when like they first saved Ponyboy and they're all walking back, I was like, wow, Swayze looks so fucking out of place and so much older than all these kids. And I guess he's supposed to be. He's supposed but, to be. But he's playing a 20-year-old. And he's 29, which is not like a huge whatever, but he looks like a fucking man. And these are all just little boys around him. Yeah. I mean, like, he was, he's the oldest brother of, the, of that family. And I just kind of took, I was okay with it knowing, I didn't know he was supposed to be playing 20, but I was okay with him. God, God wow. They really relied on Ralph Macchio looking like 11 years old. Absolutely. Yeah, because he's playing Ralph Macchio's actual age. And Ralph Macchio is playing a 16-year-old and looks way younger than 16. And tiny, like just very, very tiny. And he didn't look that... This was before Karate Kid, right? Like he didn't look... This was years before Karate Kid. He doesn't look that tiny in Karate Kid. So he must have grown in his mid-20s to when he was in Karate Kid in... 84 no karate kid was a year later in 84 he was 22 in this movie so he was 23 in karate kid and went through a what a, a, a growth, growth spurt, spurt? In, i don't know i don't know i thought he was 20 in this but it like it doesn't matter um yeah he was six oh he was 22 you are right well depending on when he filmed it whatever it doesn't matter um and then what's fucking Matt Dillon was only i think Matt Dillon or no Rob Lowe turned 18 while they were filming it so fucking Ralph Macchio is older than him. 
He was older than than Matt Dillon too. Yeah, I know Matt, and Matt Dillon's like Matt Dillon looks like he's like twenty five fucking years old in this. Like he looks way older than all the other ones. It's really like that's probably just a height thing, honestly. But also just like the way he carried himself. It is like as much as Taylor wanted to hide all this from you. Like the second scene in this movie, you see every like important person in this. She just wanted me to have that moment of like when fucking Emilio and Tom Cruise walk in, and me going. <gasps> Emilio's in this. <gasps> Tom is in this, you know. Who is your favorite greaser? Um probably Matt Dillon. Mine's Gordon Bombay. Emilio Estevez. Uh what what's his what's his nickname in the thing? Two Two Bit? Two Bit, yeah. I because he's one, he's not doing a stupid accent like Tom Cruise or Ralph Macchio. <laughs> and two, he gets. I to think play that's dr- just Ralph Macchio's accent. Maybe I don't know what Tom Cruise was up to. Um, like Macchio's accent got less pronounced throughout, but that first scene, he's doing like a hey, pony boy. Hey. <laughs> I can't even do it. It was so awful. Um, that's what I noticed to begin with. Okay, so Emilio Estevez was your favorite. Yeah, I mean, just the whole Disney vibe, being drunk most of the time, just, you know, I, I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, who was, was he your favorite character overall, not just in the Greasers? Or who was, like, your favorite character? Um, I mean, the Greasers are the only ones we really get to, you know, have any time with besides Diane Lane. Uh, I guess, but I mean, Diane Lane could could be your favorite. I mean, she did you was, recognize that it was Diane Lane right away? Well, the fucking thirty eight font in the beginning told me it was Diane Lane, but no, I I did not. Like, you know who she 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 didn't look like Diane Lane. You know who she actually looked like? Hmm. She looked like a really young version of Annette O'Toole, who plays Superman's mom in, in Smallville. Smallville. But she also played Lana Lang. Oh, that's and interesting. Diane, and Diane Lane plays uh, Superman's mom in the new movies. In Man of Steel, was, yeah. They look very similar, like at this young age, because I've seen Annette O'Toole as a young, like as a young person too. So, have you seen her in Superman? Superman two. She plays Lana Lang in Superman two with Christopher Reeves. Oh no, I've not. Which is kind of a funny small world not not really because she was probably cast a small bill if you will small <laughs> good you um diane lane is super hot in this um and that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah we're, we're about to get to that um so dylan pony and johnny uh decide to go basically i guess just look for trouble is what you think they're going to do. And I guess Emilio Estevez is going with them too because Rob Lowe and Tom Cruise are going to go without with their chicks, I guess. I don't, I don't know. So then they see a fight at a diner. Some dude pulls a knife. They then uh, go get money from Tom Cruise for some reason. I don't know. And then they see these little kids in like an abandoned lot and Matt Dillon's just like a dick for no reason. And he's like, you know what 52 pickup is? And they're like, yeah. Don't get smart, man. I don't like little kids, okay? And then he's I like, I don't like, like them. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. It makes no sense. Um, 
Yeah, especially Matt Dillon looking like he's in his mid-20s. It's just alarming how much he's like hanging out with these children. He's hanging out with 13-year-olds chasing five-year-olds. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not a it's not a bright light on him. Um uh yeah, and I guess they get the money, right? From from uh Tom Cruise to go to the movies and he's like, "Oh, what what movie are we seeing? It's like, you know, uh, one of those beach movies. They put one out or they put like five out a year or something. I thought that was it's funny like because every week and it's true. It's true. It's true. You have like those B beach movies. But they didn't the need time. the money because they snuck into the movie anyway. They needed it for those. Uh, I love 50s prices on how it's like literally gives him a quarter. And since like a soda pop is a nickel, they can buy five sodas for everyone in their group with a fucking quarter is amazing to me right now that's at a movie theater forty dollars for five people yeah easy yeah um god forbid if you get popcorn um yeah so then then uh we get cherry and her and her boyfriend bob uh who are uh fight because i guess Bob's getting a little handsy, I think. Yeah, Bob got a little handsy. That's what we're to imagine. She never accuses him of that. She just says she doesn't like him when he gets drunk. But we all know what happened in that car. Um, and then she decides to sit near the greasers. Matt Dillon gets a little a little mouthy with her. And she seems to be into it, though. At the end, although... She- no, she seems to be, like, into it in the beginning. And then gets really upset with him really quickly. And then says to fucking Ponyboy, like, oh, you know, he like he just does something to me. And then like later on, she's like, oh, I might end up with him or something. It's like really fucking weird. Every girl likes the bad boy, David. You don't know that already? Well, I mean, Ponyboy's kind of a bad boy. She seems he, to like him a little bit. I like how like undermining she is and how like macho he's trying to be. He's like, yeah, I'm a I'm a greaser. Johnny's like, yeah, we're we're in the we're in the gang. And she's like, you guys, you, you look too sweet to be in the gang. And they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> if you say so. As Ralph Macho's face is just completely fucked up from like some dude with rings, who we then find out way later on is Cherry's boyfriend. I, I guess so. Because then he keeps, when, when Cherry's boyfriend comes back to them and they're walking out of the movie theater, Ralph Macho does this weird thing where he's like looking down and away, but he keeps looking back at the dude's hand with the flask in it. And I couldn't tell if he was looking at the rings or the flask. And then when they're at the playground, he right. turns to Ponyboy and he's like, hey, it's the guy, he's been drinking. I was like, so was he looking at the flask? It was almost he was avoiding like the guy seeing him. But it's it's weird that like, so I'm just trying to hide the fact that these guys were also, I guess if you're, you're either a greaser or a soch. Um, I like wise, how either you're fucking poor or you're <laughs> fucking rich and there's no middle class in this town. But as Cherry will tell you, the socs have problems too, you know? Yeah, being got, drunk and assholes all the time, I guess. Exactly. Um, and then we meet this guy, Tim, too, by the way, who like Dal apparently slashed his tires. So the whole time I'm like, well, what the fuck is Tim? Is he some like third 
group or whatever. But then it turns out, no, he's a greaser. And Matt Dillon may or may not have slashed his tires. They just they have different factions in this militia town of greasers versus Soch. And <laughs> I don't know. You know, there's another weird line in this movie. And I know we're kind of jumping around, but this movie kind of does that to you. Um, the The weird line is something like, Pony Boy talking to Johnny or talking to Dal about his brother, and then he's like, "Yeah, uh, what's his what's Patrick Swayze's character's name?" Uh, Daryl or Dare, Dal, Dare, Dairy, Dari. We'll go with Dairy, um, because I think that's right. Um, he goes, "Yeah, Dairy would be a soch if it wasn't for us." Did that line make sense to you? It did, especially in the end, because, um, well, the Soch just thing kind of means like, you know, if you make enough money, you can afford to live a better life. You can move to the South side, get a nice house. But then also at the end, he played football with that Soch kid. The main Soch guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they knew each other. They knew each other in the rumble. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what this is like. If he didn't have to fucking take care of these two kids, he could have gone off to college and like led a better life. I mean, and maybe honestly... If their parents didn't die, they all could have been socias. You know what I mean? Like that really kind of depending on what kind of financial. uh, Yeah. No, you're right. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I I I thought more social was like a. I don't know. I guess they all go to the same high school. So whatever. Um, There's another weird line where, as they're leaving the movie, Cherry's like, "Tell me about your older brother, because you only talk about soda." And it's like he mentioned soda like one time before. So I guess we're just supposed to know that he talked the whole time. He's just like soda pop this, soda pop that. Can we? This is a good time to talk about their fucking names. Mm -hmm. Um, why soda pop? And why Pony Boy? I don't know. I actually, I was telling my wife this. Um, I had a teacher in like eighth and seventh grade um, tell me like Bible one and history the other grade. So that's how my school worked is you could just apparently teach people anything. Um, but he married into a family with names like that. Um, and I remember his daughter's name they named her dentine i was like that's pretty normal like but gum yeah okay yeah, like dentine ice but i mean you know i mean i think that one works a little bit better but in his wife's family they had chili soda like all sorts of stuff like that those are just real like real names on their birth certificate not just fucking nicknames real names yeah <sighs> okay well I guess that's just each each their own. Each to their own. Yeah, I don't know if it's an Oklahoma thing. I don't know where they're from. So, um, But yeah, so we already talked about how Bob comes up to fight and she's like, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just have to go with him. It's like, well, well you know, I, I mean, I guess, I guess you need to avoid the fight because at this point, I don't know like how dangerous this whole social greaser thing is although i guess the fact that they fucking cut pony's neck in the beginning you're like okay well these kids get serious which also just makes this movie seem so unrealistic but i guess i guess if emilio emilio has like a broken glass bottle and he handed johnny the switchblade so they he did he handed it in in a spin move 
Yeah. He fucking grabbed he grabbed the bottle, spin move broke it, handed it to Pony, and then pulled out the switchblade all in one motion. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Emilio Estevez will fuck you up. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, even in Breakfast Club, he'll fuck you up. Yeah, and this is where Cherry, by the way, says, I hope I never see Dal again. I'll probably fall in love with him. And you're just like, what the fuck, Cherry? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't understand you. Um it so after this you have that i already mentioned the kind of confusing i focusing on the flask from ralph macho here but um we have this kind of i call these um kind of movie merry-go-rounds where you have a character or two in one place, then they're averted to someplace else, and then somehow they're brought back to like um, the original place. And this is definitely like, as far as plot convenience goes, definitely a, a, a movie merry-go-round because they just avoid a fight with Bob and the Soches. They are headed home, then. Johnny's like, I hate when my folks fight. And from what you can tell from the silhouette from outside their house, they're like fucking going at it too, right? And definitely like a, what's crazy too is like uh, Pony and Emilio Estevez are just like, like not even paying attention to it. And it's like a very bad, like domestic violence situation going on in that house. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, Which you find out that Johnny's parents are, pieces of shit anyways so makes all adds up in the end um but johnny's like oh i don't want to go in there just yet i'll I'll go with you and they go to like some sort of like hideout thing uh and they fall asleep and then they wake up and then pony boy goes back to his house uh and i guess leaves johnny there right well, yeah, they go to this park and they're like laying in leaves. Yeah, and he goes to his house. Derry gets mad at him, pushes him, which <laughs> Pony Boy's like, he hit me. He hates me. It's like, he didn't hit you, bro. <laughs> like, if Patrick Swayze hit you, you'd fucking feel it. Yeah. Um, and so, is, is this pre or post ghost for Patrick Swayze? This is pre, pre has to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a pre. bit older. Okay. Um, uh, is this also pre or post Dirty Dancing? Um, it is pre Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing came out in 87. And. Um, okay. Ghost came out in 90. Yeah. Ghost came out in 90s for sure. Um, so. Huh. As far as I'm concerned, this is his big break because he did a bunch of TV movies and uh, before this. So he did The Outsiders, he did some more TV, and then Red Dawn is probably like the big thing. He he was a very um what he uh, a very good dancer, and I he does this like handstand at the end of the movie that I was like up, oh, that's from his dancing. He's got moves. He's got moves. Yeah, but you're definitely like. So they, he, he leaves Johnny to go home and then gets in a fight with Derry. 
Which he goes back to Johnny. Then, yeah, which he goes back to Johnny and then decides to go instead of in this, like, what seems to be pretty secluded, almost like a hiding place, is like, no, 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 let's go out into the open, which then just happens to have these Soches looking for them and the Soches have, have multiplied. Because, well, when, they, when they're picking up Cherry, there's like, hey, there's two more of us in the car, but it's like, no, there's not. There was, no. there was two of you. <laughs> but, now there's, but now there's like four or five or six of them in the car. The, the other thing too is like, so the, the sending him home to Derry to them getting in a fight, you thought there'd be some like scene afterwards where Derry's like, this is all my fault. I pushed you, da, 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 but it's nothing, right? So it's like, yeah, it kind of like, not bogs the movie down, but you're like, all right, I'm fucking going here, we're going back here. Like, it, it seems unnecessary. No, but you see what I mean? Yeah, okay, so you... Yeah, because what they could have done is they could have just fought the socials right there with Cherry and just had the whole thing fucking... He could have had the fight with Derry before the movie. And then he's like, I'm not going home because Derry pushed me earlier. And it would have moved the plot me. along quite quickly and in like a more of a better pace direction. But anyways, we don't have that. We have this. So now they're drowning pony but the socias are drowning pony boy and it's this kind of this really cheesy although i i would say cool shot for the time of like the screen filling with blood yeah i mean it definitely wasn't blood but yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it was almost like a screen burn it was almost like one of those things that you like drop into the editing yeah um, <laughs> effects folder um okay so Ponyboy loses consciousness from drowning. He kind of wakes up to find Bob stabbed and bleeding dead and Johnny holding the knife, having like a, a mental breakdown. Well, yeah. I mean, Bob was no longer bleeding. Bob was fucking dead. <laughs> There's blood. Did you appreciate how much blood one was in the fountain water and then two was just generally on the ground? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that part, yeah, that part was, that part was good. That made it fairly obvious that Bob was Bob was dead. We we here's my question to you. We did not see um, Johnny stabbing Bob, but Bob was kind of the closest one to Pony Boy, and there was like four or five guys between Bob and Johnny. How do you think this went down? Like Johnny just went in stabbing, or he like rounded off and like just just stabbed Bob immediately, and everyone just scattered from there. Or do you think he got a few licks in before getting to Bob? Well, he said he stabbed the other guys, right? Oh, he so did? okay, yes. So I think what must have happened is he gave a pretty good one stab to all these other guys, which was enough to like stun them for a, a second, right? And then when he gets to Bob, it just fucking goes off, and so these guys have now like been stunned, and then they're like, and then they see. He's fucking killing him. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out Ralph of here. Ralph Macchio is crazy. <laughs> we have to get out of here. So I think that's what had to have happened. Yeah. Um, and I love how their first inclination to go to Dal. Who's been to prison? All right, let's go to Dallas. <laughs> uh, which I think this is a kind of a cool scene because it kind of shows... Even though Dallas is kind of an asshole in general to everyone, you see that the greasers take care of their own in a way. And he's like, 
you got to get out of these wet clothes. You can make sure no one's seen you or followed you. You're going to take this train to this place. And here's 50 bucks, which at that time is a whole shitload of money. And he's like, buy some food before sunrise and stay in the fucking church until I come and get you. And I was like, this is, from then on, this is a totally different movie than what I, I thought it was going to be. It was, but then it sort of, at a certain point, gets back to the movie you thought it was going to be. So there's almost this like middle, like, is it sojourn, another, like, of, yeah, them just like fucking movie like, merry go round? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting. Also, did you notice as they're leaving the bar after Dallas has given them the money, there's like the redhead that's like looking at, at the three of them like, oh, I want to fuck one of these guys. And then she sees them leave and she starts frowning. <laughs> yes, I did see her. It's like, oh, that's a nice little touch to this. Um, really, it wasn't, it wasn't any thought in my mind who she was looking at. I thought just she was looking at Dallas. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. I mean, Dallas had been there the whole time, so who knows? Um, maybe. Maybe she had just finished fucking Dallas because Dallas was not wearing a shirt. That's true. Uh, can we also talk about how those uh, train uh, personnel are the worst train personnel security ever? It would have made much more sense to just like, they, they ran on after the guy passed and I was like, okay, they've already looked through that car, so that's great timing. And then they come up and look in the car again. They're like, all right, let's look this way. No need to look the other way. <laughs> Just close the door. Moving on. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about the little moment where they're like walking up the hill and then they see the oil rig guys? Uh, I, was, I was like, this is going to get them caught. Yeah. And then the oil guy's like, oh, boys will be boys. I love his excuse. He's like, yeah, we're playing army and I got to report back to headquarters. It's like, that's exactly what a, what a real 13 year old would say. <laughs> well, he's 14. He just turned 14. Just to let you know uh, uh, uh. what I don't understand. I guess it's just because they're stupid kids, but when they get to the church, they go to one window and pull every board off that window. And I'm just I, like, just pull like a couple. So you no, can no, no. slide in. Not even that David. The fact that they pull every board off of that one. Then when Dallas goes on, instead of going through the same window they went through, he pulls every board out of a different window. And then instead of having two open windows when the fire occurs, they have to pour, pull the boards out of another window. I mean, after the fire, that church is gone. That church is no longer abandoned. It's just burned down. Um, but yeah, I don't... They could have made it a little... And then... Uh, Ralph Macchio goes out for supplies and it's like, you guys were supposed to get the supplies before church. Um, so what's up with that? You don't, you don't know how early they could have woken up. I don't know. They're, they're then like, oh man, just last night we were with chair. I was like, oh wow, you guys have only been here for like 24 hours. You guys are freaking out a lot. And then Ralph Macchio gets the, the, the hair dye and he's like yeah we have to cut our hair and dye it and he cuts pony's hair and then dyes it it's like oh wow it looks fine and then but he doesn't dye his own hair he's like nah nah i'm gonna keep my black it'd Mine's be kind of weird i mean it'd be kind of like uh, sticking out with two two kids with dyed blonde hair right i don't know i um i did also think that ralph macchio's haircut looked very professionally done kind of kind of what 
Ponyboy's haircut definitely looked professionally done once he returned back home. Once he returned back home, yes. But like, but then that the, wig the church, did no I was like, justice for them. Yeah, in the church, I was like, that's kind of bad. Um, Does a haircut hurt that bad? With a knife? Yeah. Yeah. It does? Try a haircut with like dull scissors. Because it's pulling on your, it's pulling on the follicles. I just thought they were being kind of babies about the whole thing, but okay. No, no, it would, it would hurt. Um, And then we just get them reading Gone with the Wind for a while, Um, you know? Oh, and then (laughs) my favorite scene, and I mean this as sarcastically as possible, but the, uh, was he the sunset or sunrise scene where, uh, Pony boy uh, starts reciting a poem, and Johnny's like, "Oh, what is that, man? That was I've never heard anything like that." And he's like, "It's Robert Frost." And he's like, "Oh, wow! How come I've never heard you talk about this poetry before?" And he's like, oh, "I can't, I can't talk like this, except maybe to you or soda pop or maybe cherry." She's like, "Oh man, it seems awful." You're literally making fun of one of my favorite scenes in the movie the scene that i think is one of the sweetest most like this is who they are deep down without the greaser macho shit like these are who these boys are and you're just fucking tearing this scene down and when it comes back at the sunset in the end you're a monster david the ending is a thousand times worse than whatever this was you just don't like it because of the cheesy editing, overlaying of the faces. No, but then Ralph Macchio just, first of all, let's just do, do it now. Ralph Macchio, the whole point of that fucking letter is to tell the audience the theme of the fucking movie. Like it's a fucking book report, just to bookend it with like, oh, in case you missed it, this is what this movie is about. Are you an uh, idiot? The, the whole movie's a book report. it's 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 boy's book report but it's not narrated to us like that to tell you this is what it is this letter is literally telling you the meaning of the book the meaning of the movie okay yeah i it you you know what then and then ralph macchio keeps mentioning dow's like you really need to tell dow this you got to tell dow this dow's never seen a sunset he would really appreciate that Dow, 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 Dow. Dow's dead. We all know Dow's dead. You don't have to keep telling. Johnny us about doesn't. It. Johnny doesn't know Dow's dead. And that's because Johnny's the, dead. Well, <laughs> but he keeps mentioning it just, the so, only... just to emphasize the hurt of Dallas dying, of like all the things he missed, and how like he didn't live life properly. And in a cruel, irony sort of way, Dow's only dead because Johnny died. Correct. So, really, um, no, but that, that sucked. And that's sad. I, I thought that was sad. I wasn't laughing like a monster like you at all. Um, I didn't laugh. I cringed. <laughs> you cringed. I, I like, cried. Yeah. I didn't cry. I um, like, how could the man that made The Godfather and The Godfather 2 make this? And, and, the like, Godfather, oh. and The Godfather I was like, 3. I was like, oh, yeah, he made The Godfather 3. That's how he could have done uh, this. <laughs> Yeah. Good old Francis. Um, well, huh, let's see. Let's let's kind of get through this part because I really want to get back to uh, to when Oklahoma. they get back to town. Um, so the big city. The big city. 
big, small city. Uh, Dallas goes and finds them after only, what, four days. He says that, um, you know. It's basically, like, everyone fucking knows you did it. <laughs> like, every, like, this, me sending you off did nothing. Like, everyone knows. It kept um, them out go- of Dodge. It kept them out of Dodge, and, and Dal gave this story that they went up to Texas. So he bought them, like, a little time which makes no sense why they go through all this and then they're like, oh, let's go to the fucking soda pop shop. And the, then, dairy, the dairy queen to get delicious barbecue sandwiches. Oh, it was a dairy queen, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they go to the dairy queen and then I like how Dal is like ducking his head against these two like 10 year olds who want a dime from him. I'm like, you're, your problems are way more than them. Like, yeah, the two random ass 10 year olds are going to be like, wait, are you Dal? Are you Pony Boy? Are you Johnny? <gasps> Mom, dad, police officer, I found him. Yeah, I don't know. But then, like, so they find out that Cherry's going to testify on their behalf. Um, and so Ralph Macho's like, all right, well, I want to go home. And Dal's like, what the fuck? Are you crazy? After all this, okay, let's go back home. And they're about to go back home, and then they find the church on fire. Do they have to pass through the church to go home, or did they want to go and get their shit from the church? Probably want to get the book. And then I guess, you know, they bought bread and stuff, so I don't know. It don't seem like they have a lot as greasers. Uh, Emilio Estevez is wearing the same Mickey Mouse shirt, I think, for the entire movie. I mean, that's true, but you and I wear the same shirt a couple days in a row, too. So That's because of the pandemic alone. <laughs> Just all hygiene go out, goes out the window. Um, so the church is on fire, and apparently these people who took this field trip to an abandoned church uh, don't make the best decisions because there's also just children in the church. I really would like to see that scene happen in real time where how many children were in the church before the church was on fire? How did the church, excuse me, how did the church catch on fire? Um, How fast did the church get engulfed in flames? And then why did you leave five little children behind? Well, when they come up, they're like, we don't even know where these kids are. And the guy's like, oh, we have all the kids. And the woman's like, no, we fucking don't. And the guy was so confident. And then you go in the church and there's like five kids in there. How do you misplace five of them to be like, nah, we got everybody. Let's move it on. Let's back in the bus. I like how that guy at the end was like, wow, y'all are the bravest teenagers I ever see. I'm like, you're the, the biggest fucking adult idiot I've ever seen. But apparently he like, this train must have not taken them that far because the they go back to town to the hospital in an ambulance that, slash car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it almost seems like that teacher is from that town too. The big city. I guess maybe this is some version of an Oklahoma big city. Um, yeah. And I like how he's like, we're <laughs> ponies. Like, well, we're greasers. Take us to town. You'll find out all about us. Um, I just thought it's like, all right, well, you're setting up like how bad. Like he's like, you're gonna you're gonna find out like who you're actually dealing with here. Which yeah. Pony Boy's not much of a greaser. He's just more born into it, you know. I like how uh 
I don't think Pony Boy even gets admitted into the hospital. No, they just he, take his brothers just take him home. Yeah, his his whole arm is on fire and burn, but he's fine. But fucking Dallas, who literally stayed outside the church the entire time, is like under lock and key in the hospital. No, he went in and pulled out Johnny. Oh, he did? Oh, I guess you're right. Because he, he pulls out Pony Boy, takes his, like, d- extinguishes his arm, his arm. Yeah, 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 and then jumps back in the building? Yeah. Okay. So that's why there's, like... I have I to give some, him some credit then. Okay. Some smoke inhalation. So, yeah, they, they, take, they take Pony Boy home. No issues whatsoever. Then Tim is there in the morning, and I'm still just so confused by this Tim character. Like, I thought... <laughs> I thought Tim was going to fight the Greasers earlier. I thought Matt Dillon's character mentioned that, but I guess I just misheard it, but I'm just so confused. Uh, the paper says there's hero, they are heroes, but like Ralph Macchio is still going to get charged with manslaughter. Um, but they make it seem like Pony's like in the clear, right? Which then makes the court case later on all the more confusing. Yep. I'm, I'm agreeing with you so far. Then Derry, as he's going to work in like some of the best parenting I've ever seen, tells a 14-year-old that if he smokes more than one pack today, he'll kick his ass. Uh, did you say best parenting you've ever seen? Some of the best. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, some some stuff I just have to chalk up to, you know, it... 1983? It's 1983, but it's not. It's like 1964, you know, it's... So I'm just fine with it. Um, and then this next scene, uh, I thought this movie may take a turn to like a, a gay Romeo and Juliet type thing going on here. Yeah, because that's really where, uh, where we're going. Where, what are you talking about? That's where Oklahoma was in the 1960s. <laughs> so they go to the diner, right? Oh, 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 and I the, see where you're And the socias pull up and they're like, hey, I want to talk to you. And then he's like, they go over to the car and then he's like, hey, do you want to get in the car and talk? Yeah, he's like, we, we don't have to be greasers and socias. And it's like, in this town, there's nothing but greasers. And spo- but we can break the mold. It's like, it's too late for that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I get that. And then the, he's like, very like, I can't believe you, like, you saved those kids. Wow, I'm just, thank you. He says thank you at the end. I was like, was your brother in the church? Like, what happens? <laughs> I mean, at this point, it doesn't surprise me, but it doesn't fucking mention it. Also, my favorite part of this whole thing is fuck them, forget them. Emilio Estevez making fun of how high their pa- uh, the social's pants go, and the other two greasers behind them just fucking ridiculing them. It's just so fucking hilarious to me. And then the one greaser who doesn't have hair, <laughs> like barely has any hair, so he can't grease it back. He looks like he's... 37 years old (laughs) he probably is he's probably like a fucking production assistant and they're like we need we need someone to fill out except he was um he was in the rumble who the guy with the hair yeah yeah yeah. but was the curly haired guy i didn't see him i don't think he showed up to the rumble pussied out (laughs) made the right decision that's that that rumble was very fucking violent let me tell you I actually, for everything that, that went on in this movie, it was probably one of the least, um, it, 
it could have gone so much worse and no one actually died. So I guess, you know. yeah. And I like how Diane Lane is like the inside man for this whole thing. And she's like, nah, they're not, if you don't bring knives, they're not. He, okay. Here's the most confusing part to me. They go, she's like, yeah, yeah, I have some Intel for you. The Intel is everyone's playing by the rules. And it's like, okay. And then in the hospital, Matt Dillon asks for uh, Emilio Estevez's knife. Then last second, Matt Dillon shows up to the rumble. And I was like, oh no, this is going to be really bad. He's going to pull the knife and then all the fucking socias are going to pull the knife and none of the greasers are going to have knives on them. And then they're all going to fucking die. And, and Pony Boy, the whole movie, well, up till where we learn that there is a rumble, he goes, I just, I just feel like something bad is going to happen. I just feel like something bad is going to happen at the rumble. And nothing bad happens at the rumble. They get beat up a little bit. Um, and that's it. Yeah, nothing bad did happen really at the rumble. Um, except uh, Pony, the actor who played Pony Boy, C. Thomas Howell, apparently got knocked out in real life from the first punch. He's like, it was a real punch and it knocked me out. <laughs> and he did get the shit kicked out of him in that fight. No, he's he just did. on the ground the entire time. Yeah. And then if he wasn't on the ground, it was because someone was lifting him up just to punch him down again. Um, no, he, he definitely got the worst of it from, from everyone. I love how there was this, this moment where I think it was Swayze who punches his, his ex football friend. And in just the way he like looked back and like crawled away, like, and they all just ran away. I was like, wow, like the socias really don't have a backbone. And then as they're all running away, there's like just a couple socias still there who have like, this is clearly like a very, like it was a choreographed thing to happen all at once. You know, it wasn't filmed in set. And so it's like, there's a couple who like, haven't got the memo, like, oh shit, we're running away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Swayze's dealing with this one and like he gets up and then the social like trips him and he like twists and falls to the ground and then like <laughs> hits him again and gets back up. Yeah. And then there's a moment and I want to go back. We're like way far ahead. I do want to go back, but I wrote the timestamp and it's like one hour, 32 minutes, 36 seconds. There is a four to five second clip of the greasers celebrating that is clearly them in front of a green screen of the fire. Like it looks so ridiculous. Oh, I did not notice that. It's, it's like illuminated differently. They had green like, screens in 1984? I don't know. I, I, like I'm using that as like a, the shot looks really fucking weird. Like Got something it. went on with it. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't, well, I mean, they, yeah, they did have green screens because that's how they did like, all the Bond car chases were like him driving a car like in front of a screen. It was a screen of actual pictures going like this. It wasn't green. It was okay. CGI. That's fine. Well, they could have done that in this too. They could have had them in Just front to... of the screen of the fire. It's interesting to do that and to what to make sure they're not caught on fire or or whatever. But it yet... might have just been like they missed the shot and they're like, "Fuck it, let's just do this." That's true too. I was like, "There's so many da- dangerous stunts that were." hold in this movie that i'm surprised they drew the line at fire by the way matt dillon showing up at the fire me like at the fight and be like i'm not gonna miss this is exactly like how steven dorf comes into the fight i it's just it's like it's 
it's the perfect example to me, Deuces Wild, of a terrible fucking movie with just one really cool, memorable scene. Except it was so poorly lit that you couldn't even really see it that well. Back to the Outsiders. They go and visit Ralph Macchio at the hospital. And his... Before his the burns, Rumble. His burn... Yeah, before the Rumble. His burns looked really good, I thought. I thought they we find out We find out he'll never walk again. And he's like, I don't want to die anymore. I've wanted to die so much, but... Now I want to live. I'm only 16. See, there's so which, much of the world I haven't seen. Which means you know he's going to fucking die, and they're just of trying course. to make it more impactful. Um, uh, and then I thought he died right then, but I guess he just passed out. I was like, did he just fucking die? But no, it's only worse because when they go back to the hospital, he has basically the same monologue again, and then he actually fucking dies. Yep. He does die. And, but then, t- then they start crying, so you know it. Um, they visit Dallas too, and he's like arguing with the nurse about his robe, uh, like or he's like, "Oh, I lost it. I'm not wearing it." Whatever. That was the author of the book, who was arguing. Oh, really? with. She was playing the nurse. Yeah, That's she fine. wrote she wrote this when she was 15 and 16 years old. Wow, which is pretty crazy. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and you're right. He takes he takes his knife back from Emilio Estevez, and it looks like he fucking stabs his hand or something. Yeah, man. He's like, "What are you doing over there?" He's like. I don't know. Oh. We got to win for Johnny. It's like Johnny doesn't fucking care about this fight, bro. <laughs> Johnny doesn't care about the fight. There is no, like, Johnny wasn't put in this position because of the socials. Really, he wasn't. Okay. Like, if you really, if, 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 uh, if Dal really wants to get back at someone, go fucking beat up all the elementary school kids. Okay. Yeah. You know what 52 pickup is? <laughs> um so then you said they run into cherry but a couple things she's like i can't go see johnny because he killed bob bob was a good guy and it's like no no bob was not a good guy but you didn't know him like everyone else knew him you knew him when he was drunk and kicking your ass and drowning your friend but not how i knew him when he was trying to sexually molest me in the back of a car at a of a a drive-in it's like what what are you talking about yeah yeah cherry has um cherry needs to seek some like advice on like professional help i would say on like how to she's a she has daddy issues how to work through the issues of the gaslighting that she has gone through from these bad people in her life yeah um and then there's this line he's like can you see the sunset on the south side she's like yeah and he's like well, we can see it in the north side too, which I guess is just like, eh, we're all the same. Is that what the point of that was? The whole point of the movie is they're all the same. That's good. I figured it out. Mostly I figured it out because Ralph Macchio, as, as he's, he's superimposed on the letter, oh, yeah. is telling us we're all the same and that life is worth living and that sunsets and sunrises are important. You know, what's funny is... Um... And at the end of Stand By Me, and I guess this is spoiler alert for a 50-year-old movie, but um, you know how at the end of Stand By Me, they're like, yeah, well, we all grew up, and then um, basically everyone in the friend group died tragically, right? Except me. Except me. I turned out to be a music teacher or something like that, whatever, right? And so, um, or a writer, that made way more sense. uh yeah so when that was happening and ralph macho's face was superimposed i was like okay 
This is corny, but it can't get any worse than this, right? <laughs> it's a zoom in on his superimposed face until it takes up half of the entire screen and then it just fades away. And I was like, oh, never mind. It got worse. Well, as Dallas shows up on the other side. <laughs> Alive. Like, like Ralph Macho is in this like ethereal, heaven-like sort of like pose. And then Dal is just reusable clips that we've seen him in the movie. Yeah. Um, so after the fight, uh, you see a car driving off. And I thought it was going to be the Socias getting pulled over. Um, and the cops being like, what the fuck happened to you? Oh, these guys did it. And then they like go to the, but what, cause I was like, that's too nice of a car for any of the greasers to have, but it was Matt Dillon. So whatever. And I like his line about, it. he's like, Oh, he fell off his motorcycle. So the cops like, all right, follow me to the hospital, which reminded me of like the untouchables. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where they got it from. That's what the Untouchables stole it from this, clearly. Yeah. Um, so then, as we said, Johnny dies after saying fighting is useless. Stay gold, pony boy. You just gotta, you gotta stay gold. Ugh. Dies. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, it's, Dallas. It's not funny, it's sad. It's pretty fucking awful is what it was. Not in a good way. Um, and then Dallas basically... Uh, gets himself killed on purpose like by the cops dallas goes nuts before in a before, less politically correct time you would call it suicide by cop but um well it was so it is um also the little scene where pony boy goes back to the house and then they're like well, basically, they said what I said. Uh, nothing really bad happened at the Rumble. And they're like, and, you know, Pony Boy's like, Johnny's dead. He's like, did something to Dal. Dal's off the deep end or something like that. And I thought it was going to be this moment where the guys confront Dal. And it's like, Dal, we got this. We got you. Like, you've been there for us. You were there for Pony Boy. You were there for Johnny. We'll, we're there for you. And then it's this weird thing where he goes and knocks, knocks up. What's it called? Knocks off. Not, thank you. Not knocking up a corner store. Knocks off corner store and then um, fires an unloaded gun into a slew of cops and the cops kill him. And then the guys show up too late. And I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. Well, as they're screaming, the gun's not loaded. The gun's not loaded. How do they know that? I think because the gun was never loaded. Because he's poor and couldn't afford the bullets. Mm. What was more sad of a death? Johnny's death or Dallas's death? Dallas's. I think so, too. Because, I mean, Johnny's you saw coming for a while. So, like, you knew he was going to die. Dallas's is like very quick um let me ask you something mm. how high do you think the heat was turned up in the courtroom because Oof. everybody was visibly sweating Oof, man i didn't know if it was turned up high or the fucking they were summer of hell i don't know what that was i think this is probably like the most ham-fisted part of this movie because if you look at it from a purely legal perspective Literally, there is nothing you can charge 
Pony Boy with. He was in the process of being murdered as someone else killed Bob, right? Do you think they would have actually drowned Pony Boy? No. But I mean, what they did was dangerous enough that they could have killed him. My point is, so he didn't actually take any action that could be, that he could be criminally charged with, right? But because Johnny died, it, the blame could have been shifted on him since he was the only survivor left. Yeah, that's not how the law works, except in felony murder cases, which this would not really be because they were just there. They weren't in the midst of a crime. Plus, My Johnny point, wasn't getting it too bad either because he was, he, he was charged with manslaughter, right? Correct. Which Johnny, this is my point, right? So if you, if, if the judge, jury, whatever had a perfect, if they could have watched this film, right? They would have looked at that and been like self-defense. They didn't do anything wrong. Right. But in real life, you have one guy dead and a bunch of social witnesses who are going to be like, he fucking killed him. Right. So that's why, and you have the fact that the greasers are these poor kids, which are more likely to get charged with a crime they shouldn't than rich kids. So that makes sense for Johnny. But literally, what could you charge Pony with, right? And like, if you wanted to have that courtroom scene, there should be some explanation of, well, this is completely fucking unfair. It's bullshit. It's because we're greasers, da 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 da, whatever. We just end up in court, which I never thought we were going to. It didn't really make sense to me. And obviously, that's probably something that's more explained in the book. But then it's decided in like five seconds, the judge is like, all right, you're clearly fucking not guilty. And you get to stay with your brother. And it's like, everyone's like, yay. But it's like, it was just like the most like poorly done thing. Like, like I understand that it's part of the book, but if you're not going to have the time to do it right, just cut it. You know, it'd been interesting and, and you know way more about law than I do, obviously. Um, but the, the Soch that invited um, Pony Boy into his car. <laughs> Very seductively. Yes. Um, Could maybe he could have been charged for criminal violence against him, and that's what it like. That's what it could have been for. Not but, so much. Well, that's not what it was for, right? Like Pony Boy was on trial in a weird way. I mean, I think it was juvenile court, but it also seemed like that curly-haired dude testified on Pony Boy's behalf. It did seem also, like that, didn't it? Yeah. Which also then it's like, all right, so who was, t- I guess the three other boys maybe were testifying against him. But you didn't see those guys. But you saw them in the court. They were pictured at one point, but you didn't see them testify. Oh, okay. So just like wasn't explained well. And they, the scene is, I mean, that, that courtroom scene lasts 30 seconds to a minute. Far too long. <laughs> well, I agree. But if you're going to have it, it needed to be longer. It needed to be far, like five, far five too minutes. Long. Um, uh yeah i mean i but you know we find out later that this is added in through the director's cut and that wasn't even the original intention of well no it was the original intention he actually had to cut a ton the studio made him cut a ton well good i mean the first time i actually fucking agree with a studio and i haven't done that in forever so um so after this he goes back to school sees cherry she totally ignores him which she, in the beginning of the movie, was like, hey, don't take it personal if I ignore you at school. And it's like, oh, wow, Cherry. Someone else told him, too. He's like, hey, she just ignored you. 
just be cool with it. I think it was, was it Emilio or was it, you know what we uh, never really talked about? We never talked about that whole monologue when uh, Soda Pop and Pony Boy were in bed together and they talked about um, feelings and how Soda Pop was going to run off and marry, uh, what's her face, Ma- Mary? Sandy. Sandy? Yeah, we never talked about that. Well, so in the next scene, the um, the brothers are all at home, right? And Derry and Pony are arguing. Yeah. And then Soda is in the background. And he's like, why do you guys got to bring me into it? And he runs off. Apparently, he had a letter in his hand that was a Dear John letter from Sandy that she had like left him. Oh. Also, apparently, Soda Pop in real life went to Vietnam and died. Wait, what? The, the character what he was based life? off of, like the Rob Lowe asked the author, what happened to Soda Pop in real life? She's like, he went to Vietnam and died. Oh, this was based off, wait, why did I not know this was based off a true story? It's loosely based off of like people in her life. It's not based off of like a true, true story. Oh, okay, okay. Well, no, that I knew. That makes more sense. Um, but Soda Pop apparently was based off a real person. That The last scene, by the way, is they're arguing on the baseball field. Also just like so like ham-fisted. I loved like, it. I, I really liked it. I thought it was a good conclusion for the brothers and and... Yeah, just it's no, it's a necessary scene. It just wasn't done well. You guys have to start stop arguing and put me in the middle. You got to listen to Daryl because he has your best interest, and you got to stop picking on him for every little thing. And Patrick Swayze is just like, "You're right, brother. It all stops now." And then they fucking hug. I thought it was and, like sweet. this whole movie, uh, and I and I had I told this to Ashley. I was like, if I had seen this when I was a little kid, I'd probably have really liked it, right? But Movies in the 80s do not hold up well if you watch them today because the acting is all like this. You obviously don't have an appreciation for uh, for Greece. The movie? Yeah. Or the country? The movie. Probably not. I've never seen it. You've never seen Greece? Mm-mm. Oh, oh, buddy. Well, listen... Oh, sh- I'll shit on that for an hour and a half too. I got no problem. I'd like to see you try, motherfucker. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I actually really like this movie. I took it for what it was. It was an 80s movie based in the 60s. And I, I, I really enjoyed seeing all of the actors that we know now who are in their like mid 40s and 50s and, and just seeing them as kids and just kind of enjoying basically their, their first big role, I guess you would say. And, and um, you know, for, for Tom Cruise, I think I was introduced to him in the Mission Impossibles and for, obviously, Ralph Macchio's Karate Kid. Matt Dillon, for me, was there's something about Mary. What do you associate Matt Dillon with the most? Kevin Dillon's brother from Entourage? You would. No, there's something about Mary. I haven't seen a ton of Matt Dillon movies. Um, we were actually supposed to do something about Mary. What the fuck happened to that? Did it like uh, leave a streaming service? No, it just, we just got, forget? we just, we just pushed it on we the We mentioned it in an episode that we were going to do. Well, we're going to do it. Mary's. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you're going to understand why I remember Matt Dillon so well in that movie. Um, yeah. But no, and I, Brett I, Favre. I, and Brett Favre. I like the movie. I also like Stand By Me. I understand these aren't really your films, but I, 
maybe through this you'll gain more of an appreciation for it. I mean, a lot of movies that I grew up with, you know, I uh, I still like. I love E.T., right? I mean, but that's a Spielberg movie. You have like a master making a movie. I heard um, someone said some someone said E.T. was way overrated. F- fucking fascist you talk to. Okay, sorry. And you can tell him to stand down. Um, I also really like the movie um, Rain Man. That's an 80s movie. I really like that. Well, that's a and fucking then, good movie. Yeah, it was good. And then the Dead Poet Society, that was, what, 1990? And that was absolute trash outside oh of Robin God. Williams. So I you keep know what forgetting is you really, don't like I mean, Dead Poet Society. And it's you know what really amazes me. me out of all of this is how Ralph Macchio became such a much better actor in one year, right? I'm not saying he deserves an Oscar for The Karate Kid, but compared to what he did in this, and then for Tom Cruise to overcome that horrible accent and bad teeth to then become one of the greatest action stars to ever grace the screen is fairly impressive um yeah i didn't enjoy this movie that much i had a lot of problems with it overall i thought the story was pretty good and i honestly i would probably read the book i may read the book which i think would make taylor happy um but i just like the act the the acting does not hold up i think i think we've gotten a lot better as a society at acting and so um yeah but i'm glad you liked it and I'm glad you watched it. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And we finally watched The Outsiders. The Outsiders.